0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked
1: On Kings. The Sacramento Kings are back in action tonight, although they might be significantly short-handed. Questions on whether or not Rashawn Holmes and Buddy Heald, along with Marvin Bagley, will be available in tonight's game. But on today's Locked On Kings podcast, we've got a great guest for you, the high flyer Henry Turner, former Sacramento King, back with me here on the Locked On Kings podcast to talk about everything this season from the ups and downs to the lack of leadership in my mind, a vocal leader, a leader by example on this Kings team will also talk about the importance of Rashawn Holmes and his contract negotiations coming up here in the off-season, it's all here for you on Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into the Locked on Kings podcast, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off-season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And yes, tonight's game, I talked a little bit about it on yesterday's podcast, how the Kings are going to be facing a Washington Wizards team that we know is talented. I mean, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, enough said there. But also, Washington has found themselves in a position in the play-in tournament or with a good shot at the play-in tournament just a couple games back uh, of that 10th seed in the Eastern Conference, rather, a very similar position to what the Sacramento Kings were in a week ago and are trying to get themselves back into. A win tonight obviously ends a seven-game losing streak, but potentially without Rashawn Holmes, potentially without Buddy Heald who's still trying to recover from that illness that kept him out of the last game. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is currently dealing with a hamstring issue that has him listed as doubtful for tonight's game so already things are not looking good for Sacramento but hey if Rashawn Holmes is not available the Kings are going to need big production out of both Chemezi Metu and Hassan Whiteside maybe even Damian Jones as well we'll see if the Kings can get it done but right now it's time for my conversation with the high flyer Henry Turner right here on Locked on Kings You know it's going to be a good Locked on Kings podcast when I am joined by the High Flyer. His name is Henry Turner. You might know him as a former Sacramento King, or you might know him by the excellent analysis that he provides with Jason Ross and the G-Man Gary Gerald on Kings Radio Broadcasts HT. Welcome back to Locked on Kings, my friend. Hope you're well.
0: Matty G, my brother from another mother. What's good? (laughs) I'm just trying to make it through
1: this season. I know you are, too.
0: Yeah it's a little rough man we need to hit some bumps in the road but uh you know you got to keep trucking So
1: this has been an abnormal season for a lot of reasons, obviously. The condensed schedule, so many back-to-backs, really no days off for any of these teams. Practice time is just completely a thing of the past. But then you add the ups and downs that this Kings team has been through. Henry, I haven't watched basketball as long as you have. Have you ever been a part of a team or watched a team that has gone through the peaks and valleys that this Kings team has gone through, going from winning streaks to losing streaks at a flip of the dime?
0: Well, uh, I, I've been on some teams that have had roller coaster rides. I mean, Matt, you know, NBA is like that. You know, you, usually you have an 82 game season and you're going to have some peaks and valleys. But what you try to do is, uh, you know, you really try to level those things out, you know. But I've never been on a team that has had, you know, Good success, you know, to be able to win seven games in a row go on a nine game uh, winning streak and beat quality basketball teams. Right. And then on the flip side, struggle with lesser teams and struggle mightily with lesser, lesser teams. So, you know, I, I've never seen that before, but this is something that the Kings are going through and uh they're either going to find their way, man, or, you know, they're going to have to make some changes in offseason
1: playing to the level of their competition has been something really consistent with this team, not just this year, but really throughout this entire playoff drought. I remember always being excited when the Lakers, or even a few years ago, the Golden State Warriors would come to town, because even if the expectation was that the Kings would lose, you would expect them to put up a a, a fight. I remember going to games as a kid when LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers would come to town. Even in the years where the Kings were god-awful bottom of the league every year, they still would put up a fight and take the Cavaliers to overtime, even won some of those games. what is it about this team getting up to to those big games against top competition, but then, I guess, dragging their feet when it comes to games against teams like Minnesota and, and, and uh, Detroit, these teams that were in the bottom of the league that Sacramento, we know, can handle their business against?
0: Well, this is the way I see it, Matt. You know, uh, you know a few years ago when you had a lot of young players on your basketball team, I can see how they get up for those big games because they're all-star players come in here. They're players that they didn't watch grow up, I mean watch growing up. They're players that they didn't see in the all-star game. You know, they're players that they have their basketball card. So it's easy to get up for those type of games, but that was a few years ago. The Sacramento Kings have a veteran team now. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't see the urgency. You know, the urgency is Matt, their business. The urgency is really, you know, the end-all be-all for the Kings right now is just to make it to the play-in game. If the Kings make it to the play-in game, it's a positive season for them. They have reached their goal, right? But I don't understand how guys don't come out and see that as a motivation tool. That would be it for me, but I'm a veteran player. Because like you said, they play up to their competition, And honestly, let's keep it real. They play below their competition when lesser teams come in. I would have never thought in 100 years, and Matt, you know I'm not a bad man. I would have never thought in 100 years that the Sacramento Kings would have let the Detroit Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, undermanned without three starters, come in here and outplay them. Never would have thought that
1: and it really was start to finish and i remember after that game one of the things you just said henry is is using the the play in game the fact that this team is going for that play in game that should be enough motivation for some of these guys and it blows my mind how a team even winning 5 straight can think that they can take anybody for granted when even after winning 5 straight they're still not in the play in picture and they're still under 500 like how does i don't know how a team gets that mindset into their head that they won 5 straight so all of a sudden they they figured it out and they've got it now especially with already twice the season before that five game win streak they had had winning streaks turn into losing streaks it, it it's weird to see the I guess for a veteran team the mental immaturity that I've seen with this king squad
0: yeah you 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 can call it mental i mean immaturity uh I call it low basketball IQ not understanding the task at hand. You know, the Sacramento Kings, man, you know, for the longest, uh, Matt, we always wanted to figure out what was the identity of this club, right? You know, what's the King's identity? What do they do? How do they play? Well, what we wanted is not what we got. You know, we wanted to see. A Sacramento Kings team that was going to be very motivated, very uh, high energy, very upbeat on the defensive end. And we wanted to see a high octane offense with the Kings knocking down three point shots and just running up and down the floor with De'Aaron Fox. Well, we got half of that. Hmm. We got the offensive side where the Kings live and die by the three point shot. You know they're going to come up and down, and they're going to let three-pointers fly. Well, here's the problem with that, Matt. They don't have enough firepower to just rely on their offense and that jump shot. They don't shoot. They don't shoot a high enough clip for that. Yes, they're able to score back. They're able to score. They're going to be able to win some games. But they're not going to be able to go very far because you and I know both that a lot of teams go on to shooting slumps. Mm -hmm. Give you a prime example. We just seen it the other night with the Utah Jazz. Sacramento Kings came out and they jumped on top of Utah. Utah didn't shoot the ball particularly well. They missed their first eight, nine shots. But they are a veteran team. They know how to utilize other aspects of the game. They start going to the free throw line right they went to the free throw line man i want to say 16 times in the first half at least 16 times but that kept them in the game matt until they start shooting the basketball well the kings don't do that the kings come out and they shoot threes shoot threes run up and down shoot threes if the threes aren't falling it's kind of like oh well But that's not the end-all be-all if you want to be a good basketball team. Okay, we understand. Shooting is 50-50. If you don't shoot the basketball well, you got to use some of the other aspects of the game to win. Usually good teams, okay, if I'm not scoring, I'm not going to let you score. I raise up my defense. I grab rebounds. I block out. If I want to jumpstart my offense, I get to the free throw line. I get steals. I get in transition, and I don't elect to shoot the three-point shot. I elect to drive to the basket, create contact, create high-percentage shots, make layups, and get to the free throw line. But the Kings don't do that.
1: It is time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, and this week the award goes to Rashawn Holmes. We're hopeful that he'll be able to play in tonight's game. As of right now, not looking too good, but every time Rashawn Holmes steps out on the floor, he gives it his all. And his performance against the Utah Jazz, specifically going toe-to-toe with Rudy Gobert earlier this week, is enough to earn him this award. You can see that when Rashawn plays, he does so with joy, and that joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game; it's the whole game game for Rashawn, just like Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy, happiness, enjoyment. That's what I get from Michelob Ultra, and that's what I get from watching Rashawn Holmes play basketball. Michelob Ultra, are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? I want to ask you about the leadership of this team, HT, and and your opinions on leadership, because I, I don't know if it's changed from your era to uh, the the modern NBA era, but gone are really the days uh, of coaches who, who scream and yell and even players that scream and yell at each other with the exception of like the Draymond Greens of the NBA that appear every, every once in a while. But one of the best, I guess, to accolades or, or – um, one of the th- best things you can do as a modern NBA head coach is be good at managing personalities. And that's one thing that we've heard about Luke Walton is he's a very good players coach because he's well-respected. He manages personalities well. But I've asked Luke. I've asked De'Aaron Fox. I even asked Harrison Barnes. We know Harrison Barnes is a leader in that locker room, but kind of a leader by example, more of a quiet, reserved, uh, respected leader instead of someone who's going to light a fire under these guys when when needed. I see that lacking with this team, and when I asked Walton about it, he said, look, I, it's not really my coaching philosophy. My coaches didn't do that to me, so I don't believe that's how it meant to coach. When I asked De'Aaron about it, uh, De'Aaron said, that's just not the the personality of this team. We don't have those those fiery personalities. We, we're more leaders by example. I get that, and I appreciate that, but at what point, Henry, do you look at that and go, this isn't working? This team needs someone, whether it's going to be the head of the snake and De'Aaron or the head coach or somebody else, to step up and say, like, we – we need to hold ourselves in check. We need to hold each other accountable. If this team's going to come out and and have a sluggish first five minutes against a bad team, someone needs to be there on the sidelines visibly firing these guys up. I don't see that.
0: Okay. Well, through my basketball career, I'll tell you this, Matt. I'm going to start on the left and go all the way to the right. I had two coaches who were two total different opposite type of coaches. I had Jerry Reynolds on one side. Yep. Jerry Reynolds is the greatest guy you're going to ever meet. Yep. Laugh, joke, all of that. Great guy. And then I had Dick Mata on the other side. And he is every bit of his first word. Okay, the first name. He's every bit of that. <laughs> but they they don't play when it comes to motivating players. I mean, Matt, the last coach that I've seen – that said, okay, I'm going to get into the mind of my players. I'm not going to scream was, you know, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was the only Zen master there was in the league. You go back and you look at all the other coaches, Pat Riley didn't play. All right. Chuck Daly didn't play Greg Popovich didn't play. You know, I mean, I can go on and on and on of great coaches to where if they needed to motivate their players, it wasn't a problem. You know, they would get into them. So, you know, with Luke being the type of player, the type of coach that's like, okay, I'm not that guy. Well, okay, he's not that guy. But somebody is going to have to do something when you're talking about motivation and getting guys ready to play. If the good guy, goody two shoe role doesn't do it, well, somebody. I mean, even if you have an assistant coach, you know, when I played for when I played for Saint James, Saint James was another good guy. But Saint, would get into you a little bit. He had no problem doing that. But we had an assistant coach, Eddie George, and Eddie George was another no nonsense guy. You know, Eddie George was from from, from Philly. Eddie George tell you exactly how it is. You're like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey look, look, look. You're slacking. Getting, the, you know, getting to your job. Somebody is going to have to be the voice of reason on that team." Now, when you talk about players, <sighs> keep it real, Matt. How many players that you have seen that has been good guys that have led their team to championships? Cuz I tell you what. Draymond Green It's going to get in your ass, okay? LeBron James, it's going to get in your ass. Kobe. Kobe is going to get in your ass. You just seen the documentary on Michael Jordan. (laughs) Okay, those are leaders, man. Those are guys that like, yeah, I'm going to lead by example, but if you don't get my example, you're going to get some verbal words coming out of my mouth to get you to do what you have to do. And that's the end-all, be-all. You know, the one thing that I said the other day, Matt, is that we were talking about, you know, Darren Fox is starting to create and start generating more and more technical files mm-hmm. because he's verbal with the referees. And I came out and said, I said, look, I understand Luke, Luke's approach. That's fine. However you want to coach, you coach. You're fine. I'm with that. But if you want to set a presence – You're going to have one game, just one game, you're going to have to go after a referee's ass and get into him, get kicked out. I don't care what it is, but it sends a message to your players that I got your back. I'm going to go out and do everything I can for you, but in return, I need you guys to go out and do everything for me.
1: The leadership with De'Aaron Fox, that that kind of... We, we know that Fox, when he plays angry, and you've talked a lot about this, Henry, when Fox plays angry, he becomes a different beast. And we've seen it Hold with up. the 40-point performances, the 30-point performances. He's making this now part of just who he is as a basketball player. There's no doubt, statistically, that De'Aaron has taken that next step to that star role. But I still am missing the... Alpha personality of this team that I think this this city and the the organization as a whole needs. We're talking about not just changing uh, how the Kings play on the court. We're talking about almost the culture of this entire organization that has been so marred by by losing and and failure really over the last almost 15 years. I'm looking at De'Aaron Fox as a guy that potentially can pull that or, or pull the Kings out of that, but. Is that too much pressure to put on a guy like De'Aaron who is not that that angry personality? Is it okay if De'Aaron were to be paired with, let's say, for example, the Kings somehow went out and got Marcus Smart. We know that Tatum and Brown are the dogs in in Boston, but Marcus Smart is the guy that's the, the talker, the motivator, the guy, the guy that's leading by example in that way. Can the Kings go out and do that and De'Aaron still be that effective leader or does De'Aaron need to get more of that dog in him?
0: You know... All good teams has that one guy. Like, like, like you just mentioned, Draymond ain't the number one guy on Golden State. He's number three. Yep. You know, you have you have Stephen Clay that, that that's gonna do all the, you know, all the pretty stuff. Draymond is the one to do all the dirty work. Same thing like Smart. Smart is going to get all the dirty work done for Boston, and he's gonna be that leader. You know, all good teams have one. And and, and they don't have to be that number one guy that's why iman shumpert left such a huge uh imprint on this team you know shump wasn't even playing but he was the guy that they went to when they needed somebody to be vocal needed somebody to say hey this is what's right this is what's wrong get this in gear get your butt going because shump didn't care
1: we saw that from kent Bazemore, and we saw that from trevor ariza in their times here too
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you can go all the way back to Greg Temple. You know, you can go to GP 500. All those guys have been into the league. None of them was going to be the number one guy here, but you know, the, the, the last guy who was here at Sacramento that had the total package was DeMarcus Cousins and yeah, he, he abused his a little bit, but you know, he definitely got it going. Yep.
1: I want to ask you about Luke Walton, too, because I'm I tend to not I'm not a fan of the idea of continuing this revolving door of coaches that that Sacramento has had. And and I'm not also the biggest fan of Luke Walton himself. I'm certainly not going to put Walton on a pedestal and I'm not ready to commit to him being the right guy to lead this team going forward or anything like that. But a lot of people look at this as an excuse for Walton. I more look at it as reality. I look at what the, this Kings team is struggling with, and sure Walton could help out, but how bad they are defensively, how some basic philosophies on both ends of the floor this team just can't seem to grasp, or they'll get it one night and not get it the next. These questions of uh, motivation, sluggishness, the, the taking teams uh, too lightly. I put that more on the players than I do the coach uh, himself. I question whether or not, if the Kings were to continue and say, okay, Luke Walton's not our guy, go out this summer, bring in another head coach, but keep this exact same roster together. I don't know that that would change anything, Henry. Am I right to put more attention and more on the players and kind of give the coach a pass there, or is it a a mutual thing in your mind?
0: Maddie? for me, it's a mutual thing because I'm going to give it to you on both sides. We're going to start with the coach. If I'm coaching the Sacramento Kings and I am a no, no nonsense coach. I'm a player's coach because I understand the player side, but when we're talking about on the defensive side, everybody needs to be held accountable for what they do. And I, and, and I would be this coach. People would like really hate me probably like for the first month or two, <laughs> but I would get my guys in line. Every time you let your guy go straight line to the basket and he scores a layup you're coming out I don't care who you are I don't care who you are you are coming out and if you let your guy straight line to the basket and the big man comes over and help and his man gets a wide open dunk and you don't foul him box him out or at least contest the shot you coming out and that's plus three minutes See, everyone needs to be held accountable. But if you just let your guy blow past you, make layups, and nothing, you don't get no punishment out of that? Why am I going to step up? Okay, you just made two. I'm going to go down and shoot three. How about that? Well, the Kings are not good enough to have that type of mentality, but that's exactly what they do out there in defensive end. I mean – I can point a couple of guys who can stay in front of their guys and really everybody can do it. This is all about, do you want to do it? Right. And you would definitely be held accountable on my basketball team if you didn't, because I know I got five other guys here that's trying to solidify themselves in this league and they will go out and bite off the other person's foot to play in the NBA That's the guy that I'm going to put in, and that's the guy that's going to play until you get your stuff in order and say, okay, now, coach, I'm ready to play. And then on the offensive side, Matt, on the offensive side, there need to be some rules. There need to be some rules. Everybody can't come down and just jack up three-point shots. Everybody is free on this team to shoot the ball whenever and however they want not on my basketball team some guys shoot threes some guys shoot jump shots some drive some guys are drive and kick guys okay you know okay buddy healed he's a three-point shooter right i want buddy hill to catch and shoot buddy you got a two dribble minimum maximum if you catch the ball and you dribble it, two dribbles, that third dribble better be a pass. If it's not, you're coming out. Because we've seen what Buddy do do after that third and fourth dribble. He's going to throw it up in the third row. <laughs> That's not you. Don't play. Don't, don't try to create something that you're not. Rashard Holmes is the other. Is the only guy that stays within his game. Mm-hmm. That's why I love him so much. Mm-hmm. He stays within his game. He's not going to try to do something that he's not capable of doing, all right? And then they have to have at least an inkling, Matt, of a basketball IQ. If you've come down and you've taken four three-point shots in a row, uh, maybe the fourth or the fifth shot needs to be run the offense and get to the basket. And really the way I look at it on this basketball team, if I shoot two three-pointers in a row and they don't and, and and they and they don't score, my next play is I'm going to Harrison Barnes in the post and Harrison Barnes have been at least 85% positive something happens nice when you put him in the post.
1: Or give Rashawn Holmes that push shot right from about 15 feet out automatic give, almost every time
0: give Rashawn the push shot but I'm saying I'm not gonna let these guys just keep coming down yeah. shooting three after three after three after three after three after three it's been certain nights man to where Buddy Hilda shot one for seven one for eight in the first half yep and hasn't taken a two-point shot well that lets me know right there as a coach you're not getting it done tonight You're not getting it done tonight. Let me bring somebody else in that might. Because, Matt, for me, I play the odds. Once again, I'm not a gambling man, but I play the odds. I will take a solid two over a questionable three-pointer any day.
1: Today's Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. You know who they are, the best-tasting protein bar on the planet. The improved Built Bar, even more delicious, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 18 amazing flavors, including the best, in my mind, mint brownie. They also have peanut butter. My wife's favorite is cookies and cream. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, and they're easy to chew. And on top of being delicious, Built Bars are healthy, perfect for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All the bars are low-calorie and low sugar but high protein and high fiber. They're also great for the keto diet. Here's an example. The Cookies and Cream Bar I mentioned is my wife's favorite bar. She loves it not only because of the taste, but also because of 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your next order. It's time to make some money and you can make that money on betonline.ag the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, get active tonight. Bet on all this great NBA action. You can even bet on the Kings and Wizards tonight. The Kings are slight underdogs despite being at home. They are plus two in tonight's game. I have a feeling, especially when the confirmation comes out, or I should say if the confirmation comes out, that both Rashawn Holmes and Buddy Heald are out. That gap will extend a little bit further. if it were me, not going to lie to you, I think I would take the Wizards minus two tonight with what they have to play for. But on Bet Online, they have the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all of your sports action with the NBA, NHL, MLB all in full swing right now. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online, as you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds, it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. On top of being free, you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign Up, you'll receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So it's free to play, and you're getting free money in addition to that. Use promo code locked on to cash in on that deal. Make some money, have some fun on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll wrap up with this. I'm really glad you brought up Rashawn Holmes because there's two gripes against Rashawn Holmes that I've heard this season, Henry. Number one is He plays so hard and aggressively on the defensive end, something that I'd like to see the rest of the team do. But he plays so hard that he gets himself into foul trouble. And that's a legitimate concern when Rashawn Holmes gets into foul trouble. The Kings are kind of in trouble in in terms of their rim protection with the exception of when Hassan Whiteside is available. But, of course, you want Rashawn out there more with how important he is to this team. But if that's the biggest gripe that I'm hearing, you know what? I can live with that because I know he's playing hard and getting in foul trouble, not just coasting. But number two is we hear, oh, he's, he's undersized for his position position he's an undersized center he just went toe-to-toe and outplayed Rudy Gobert who is arguably in my mind the best big defensive or the best defensive big in the NBA maybe one of the best defensive bigs of all time and he put up 25 and 10 on him so I look at Rashawn Holmes and I say HT this has got to be number one priority for the Kings to find a way to bring him back I don't know what the financials look like of course you're not going to pay him so much money that you regret the contract immediately, but finding a way to bring Rashawn Holmes back is, is to me, a top priority for this Kings team. In terms of fit for what you're trying to do, I know you're risking giving more money, running back a team that hasn't done anything yet, but when I look at Rashawn Holmes, the fit with De'Aaron, the fit with what the Kings need out of that modern center position, you, you can't ask for better.
0: Let me tell you this. Rashawn Holmes, if I, if, if I had an organization... I would do everything I could to keep that kid on my basketball team because he's a walking double-double, okay? He's a walking double-double. He's going to give you everything on the defensive end. And I, and you, and you know what, Matt? I'm not toning him down none, yeah. not one iota, because I got some other guys that's going to come off the bench and give him a break, okay? I'm not not toning nothing down that that young man does. He's perfect for me on the defensive end. And then on the offensive end, he gives you a double-double, Matt, and you don't run one play for him. They don't run a play for Rashad Holmes. Rashad Holmes gets all of his points off grabbing offensive rebounds and being the recipient of a driving kick. He's always the third or fourth option. And the thing that I love about him, he don't complain about it he don't complain he has accepted that this is what is going to be for him and he makes the most out of it so when you talk about can you get better than Rashad Holmes you might you might. You might can go out there and find a big man that's going to give you more than what Rashad's going to give you. But I'll tell you what, that big man is going to come in here and be like, y'all better throw me the ball into the post at least 12 times a night. If not, I'm not happy. I'm not playing defense. I'm not effective. I'm not doing none of that. I don't care we got De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, or whoever else. I got to have the ball. Rashad Holmes fits perfect in this puzzle. And I'm going to tell you, if you take that piece of the puzzle away, I don't think you can replace it.
1: I, I 100% agree, and and look, we're talking about a guy who's been a journeyman for his entire NBA career, really his college career at Bowling Green to get into the NBA. He solidified himself as a starter, and it's it's not getting too big of a head. It's not getting ahead of himself. He's recognized what got him to be a starter is what's <laughs> kept him a starter this season, and it's about to get him paid what I think is going to be between 12 to 15 million dollars a year. That's what I like so much about him. And no disrespect to a, a guy like Buddy Hield or, or plenty of guys on this Kings roster, but that's what I've seen is they forget almost what got them there, what got them paid in the first place. Buddy Heald was really, really good when he was running the floor, catching and shooting with De'Aaron Fox that year under Dave Yeager. That was really what got him paid, and from that point on, he kind of wanted to become his guy Kobe. Again, I'm not trying to just single out Buddy because this is a common issue in the NBA today, HT, but it's something that Rashawn has avoided, and it's going to pay off for him.
0: Okay, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. This is the, this is the one problem that I do see with the Sacramento Kings and I don't see the problem being with being with Rashawn Holmes, but I see it, I see it as a problem being with Rashawn Holmes agent <clears throat> because his agent his job is to get the most that you can possibly get for your client. Right. Yep. Okay. Now, with that being said, you have to look at the output that Rashawn Holmes is giving the Sacramento Kings. Right. You just mentioned it. The Kings paid Buddy, right? Buddy Hills isn't giving you the exact same performance that Rashawn Holmes is giving you. Not even close. The Kings just the Kings paid Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is not giving you the exact same output that Rashawn Holmes is giving you. And both of those guys are making $24, 25000000 million plus. Yep. So how do you think that you can ask this guy that's giving you more than what those two guys are giving you to get paid less?
1: It's an excellent question, HT, and the only potential answer that I have for that is I guess it depends on market value with bigs because we've seen some years where a big man can't get paid, period. But you look at the production that Rashawn Holmes has, and if I'm Rashawn Holmes and his agent going into these negotiations, of course, with my king's purple glasses on, I'm saying, oh, you want to stay in Sacramento. You love it here, and you know. Of that course, is, he you, does. On the it, other side, I'm looking at R- R- Rashawn, and, and I'm looking at his production, and Rashawn's sitting here going, yeah, good luck replacing me. I know you don't want to try to replace me, so pay me.
0: <laughs> I mean, it swings both ways back, for sure, because Rashawn Holmes and his agent can go in there and say, yeah, look, try to replace me, but the Kings can also say, okay, well, we're going to give you 17 million. If you don't think, if you don't like that, go out and see Mm -hmm. if somebody else is going to give you more than 17 million. But I don't think the Kings want to play that game because you look at that dude's numbers. You look at his numbers. He's been number one, number two in percentage percentage shooting the whole league, Mm -hmm. the whole time, and he's a double-double the whole, every night, he's a double-double guy. So, I mean, that's why Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings and that front office may get paid the high bucks because they're going to have to figure out a way figure out a way and if it's me I'm definitely trying to keep this guy here I'm trying to keep him happy I mean I will give him incentives through the through the wazoo whatever it is to try to keep him here.
1: Well, that's going to be one of the many aspects that is going to make this offseason fascinating. Very busy for Monty McNair. At this point in time, Monty's gotten a bit of a pass because of what he inherited. Hasn't been on the job a full year. But I tell you what, the real pressure of Monty McNair's job begins this summer. And one of the major, major grading points is going to be how he handles re-signing Rashawn Holmes and bringing Rashawn Holmes back. HT, I look forward to someday soon talking about those moves that he makes, hopefully talking at some point about the play and if the Kings can go on their fourth win streak of the season and try and figure it out. But you're always generous with your time. I love talking to you. I wish I could have you just as a podcast co-host half the time.
0: (laughs) Hey, if you need me for a co-host, man, I might come home. I might come on on with you a couple times. But, you know, you just alluded to You know, the biggest thing that Monty McNair has to take care of, he has a lot on his plate, man. I mean, you know, I haven't met the guy straight out. You know, I hear he's a good dude, but he has a lot on his plate. And Rashawn Holmes is not the number one thing. Yeah. You know what the number one situation is? What's going to happen with Marvin Bagley? Mm-hmm. I, I,
1: and and I honestly, what happens there probably massively dictates what the Kings do with Rashawn Holmes, what the Kings exactly. potentially do with Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, maybe even head coach Luke Walton. I mean, Marvin Bagley is that kingpin. A, th-
0: that's that's going to be the number one issue with the Kings this summer off season, is to figure out the Marvin Bagley situation and then Rashawn Holmes.
1: HT, you're the man. I can't wait to talk more with you about (laughs) it when it does happen. Appreciate all that you do. You can check HT out on uh, King's pregame on Sports 1140 KHDK with uh, Scott Marsh. Every once in a while, I pop in to host with uh, HT there. And, of course, you can hear him on every single broadcast with the G-man, Gary Gerald. Also, Jason Ross. He does a phenomenal job over there. And then when he comes on the Locked On Kings podcast, he's at his absolute best. HT, I appreciate
0: you. Look forward to doing it again soon. Yo, man, you know me, Matt. I told you. Anytime you need me, dog, I'm here for you.
1: That is why Henry Turner is my favorite. He brings it to every single conversation, provides that old school mindset, but also a great idea and an understanding of what the modern NBA is like. I love HT. I hope you do as well. If you want to respond to anything we talked about, please do so at Matt George Radio on Twitter. You can tweet me publicly or DM me privately there, or send your questions, comments to my email SACLocalmedia.com. Enjoy the game tonight. I gotta be honest with you, especially with the injuries. I am predicting a Kings loss. I think on tomorrow's Lockdown Kings podcast, we will be talking about the Kings losing their eight straight game, but I will still be watching. I'll still be following along. You can do so with me on Twitter again at Matt George Radio. and please leave a review for this podcast if you haven't already. We do our best every single day to bring it, despite the team maybe not bringing it every single night themselves. Uh, You can do so leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars. Leave a little blurb about what you like or don't like about the podcast. Constructive criticism is fair. Even little things that uh, maybe you would say that would encourage others like you to listen to Locked on Kings. Please do that. I really would appreciate stay safe stay healthy enjoy tonight's game i can't wait to chat with you tomorrow until then my name is matt george you have been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network
0: you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day